Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. back to the podcast, you guys. I'm really excited about today. It feels like a full circle moment to be talking about the business of one-on-one coaching. I talk about it a lot, but I feel like the way that I'm going to articulate the business of one-on-one is very different. Um, and I'm going to explain why. And it's part of, part of my experience has been getting caught in shiny object syndrome. And honestly, the work of discernment I've been talking a lot about with my clients, which to me is like, what's right for me? What am I meant to do at this time in my life and um, and in my business, of course, instead of getting distracted with what everyone else is doing in their life, right? And so full circle for me because I started my business with one-on-one coaching and then I bought into not the lie, but the distraction of like a really scaled, huge business. And it's not that it's bad. It's just not for me. And that's to me what discernment is in the, in this industry is like, what is, what is for me to create? What do I feel like inspired by? For me, it's like, what is God telling me to create with my business? And for a little bit, it was like, I really wanted to scale. And it's not that I'm not scaling. I I do have a scaled offer called the matrix. (laughs) Um, and I love it. And I'm very happy and fulfilled by my one-on-one clients. I have been having the best conversations with them and they're blowing my mind on what they're creating and just the kinds of conversations and the level of embodiment that they have and the breakthroughs that they have. I love it. And so to me, the business of one-on-one coaching is not dead. It is very much alive. And one of the traps that I know that we get into is, well, one-on-one isn't scalable, right? Like you have to trade your dollars for hours. And I, I know that that's, that's a, that's a sneaky thought. I bought into it for a long time where I was like, okay, I want to limit how much one-on-one coaching I do so that I have time to scale. So that I have time to create a lot of content and go viral and all these things. And that's, like I said, none of this is bad at all. And that's what you really want to do. But I think part of our work is to uncover and spend time with what we really want. And so this episode about one-on-one coaching and how it's not dead and the business part of one-on-one coaching is my journey to like, I guess from where I started, which was knowing nothing to reading the prosperous coach to finding things like click funnels and funnel building and scaled programs and making multiple millions of dollars and memberships and all these things that are scaled. And then coming back, (laughs) back to my home base, the things that I love, which is having amazing conversations, amazing, powerful conversations with single people in the form of a one-on-one coaching relationship. And so I'm really excited to kind of dive in because like I said, this isn't dissing people who do scaled businesses. I think if you really want it and you want to be a CEO, that's awesome. But for me, like remembering why I started coaching in the first place, it was so powerful to be like, oh, like I want to be a one-on-one coach. And so, you know, the, the shiny objects in our industry are really sexy. Masterminds, groups, courses that you can scale while at the beach, right? We see all of these things thrown into our faces. I know I get ads all the time. It's like, I'm not even on social media, but I scale my course to $1 million and I can show you how to do the same. I take my family to the beach every day, you know, and I bet they do, but is that what I want? Is that what I actually want? You know, as a, I consider myself more of like a deep thinker. 
I like the profound conversations I have and I do like creating content. It's not that I don't like creating content or even having scaled parts of my business. It's just that I also have come to remember how much I love the business of one-on-one coaching, the depth that I get to have with my clients, the context I have for their life and their struggles and their triumphs and what they've had to go through to get to where they are. Like I get the context of their wins. And I think that's why I get so many renewals to be really honest. Now it wasn't always the case, but the reason that I get so many renewals now is because I can coach through context. I know who they are in a very intimate way because we've worked together for so long. And I think that that's what Rich Litvin says in the prosperous coach, you know, like eventually, and I think Steve Chandler as well, they talk about this idea that when you've been in the game long enough, you start getting a lot of renewals and referrals. And that's the phase of business that I'm in for my one-on-one coaching. In fact, you might notice I don't ever really sell one-on-one coaching on the podcast. I used to, um, but now I don't because I've gotten past the threshold of coaching where most of my clients are referred to me or we have a relationship that it just seems like that's the natural next step. Um, and our relationship is for me to be their coach. And so I also have noticed that I hit six figures as a one-on-one coach for three years in a row, just with one-on-one clients that I made six figures from my one-on-one coaching clients. And that's a really healthy salary, right? Like that's a really healthy number. Um, and I, I'm not going to give you my specific numbers because I think that they change over time. But for me to work at home, I work about 15 hours a week. For me to have a six-figure plus salary working at home is a miracle. I get to be with my kids. I get to pick up my kids from school. Like, it is a miracle. And I, I used to think that this was just the starting place. Like, oh, well, one day I won't be doing one-on-one coaching. That used to be on my mind. And now I'm like, no, I'll always do one-on-one coaching. And maybe that'll change too. But for right now, that's what feels really true to me and feels really good to think about is like, this business is sustainable. I love it. I'm fulfilled by it. I make great money from it. Yes. But also just like my level of joy and thriving in my business is unparalleled. Like I am actually enjoying my business. And I always say to my clients, like, it's really un. Um, it's, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's not as sexy to say, you know, I like my business. Everyone wants the shiny numbers. And it's not that I don't want the numbers. I'm trying to articulate what I really think. Um, it's just underrated to really love what you do. And I really love what I do. And so I'm really excited to kind of tie in some of these things that I've been thinking about. I wrote a newsletter. So if you want to read the written form of this podcast, go to my website, it's ambersmith.com and it isn't it's. So it's www.itsambersmith.com forward slash blog. And you can read the written version of this podcast, which is like the business of one-on-one coaching hint. It's not dead. And, um, I, I share, you know, obviously my thoughts in a different format, but you can read it. And one of the things that I want to start with is that line that we've all heard, which is there's a low bar for entry and a high bar for success, right? Anyone can be a coach. That's a good thing and a bad thing. I was really grateful for that when I got started, because as you know, I'm not certified and I never have been certified. And so I got into this industry because I could, and I'm really grateful for that. But what's interesting is just the nature of our industry is that there's a really high bar for success. Just because you're certified doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And because it's unregulated, people can take it so many different ways, right? Which is good and bad. Um, But the reason that I like 
the reason that I like that it's hard to be successful is that you have to live and breathe your work. And in the process of becoming a coach, in the process of getting clients, in the process of creating content, you have to develop yourself into the person that honestly deserves to be a coach, right? Like you grow the capacity to actually lead another human through their struggle, through their desires for creating by doing so yourself. And if you don't have that period of time where you're learning a lot, where you're going through failures, where you're going through things that most people quit for, right? Everyone has that time in their business where they want to quit, but the people who don't quit and continue on develop the skills and the grit to be a great coach. I really believe that. And so I think it's a good thing that there's a high bar for success, even if there's a low bar for entry, right? Like anyone can be a coach, but not everyone makes it. And that helps the industry be healthy. It also allows that the best coaches, um, well, this isn't always true, but in my opinion, like if you stay in the game long enough, if you're a good coach, you will make it. And so what does it actually take to make it? That's what we're going to talk about. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about the two major internal shifts and two major external actions that I believe separate the successful coaches from the struggling ones as far as one-on-one clients are concerned. The first one, and you've heard me say this, and I even have a whole episode on this, it's called, I'm here until this works. I always had that mentality. I just never gave myself an out. I just knew I would keep trying until it worked. And I know that that's true for everyone. The only way you can really quit or really fail is if you quit, right? The only way you can really fail at one-on-one coaching is if you quit. And I've seen people quit. (laughs) I have. And it doesn't look like I'm quitting coaching. It looks like I'm taking a step back to be with my family, which might be, may or may not be true. It looks like I'm going to go work for someone else, or I'm going to try this other thing, or I'm not going to pursue coaching right now. And it feels um, like the right thing to do. And I'm not saying maybe it is the right thing to do, but I also know if they didn't quit, they probably would have created the clients that they wanted in the first place. I know I've been there in my business, and I say that with a lot of love, not, not judgment, because I've been there. I, I was at a period in my business, let's see, a year, a year in, so like 2019, and I had a period of a few months where like I had no clients. And I was like, I can't be a coach without clients. <laughs> but what I did in that time was I learned I could be a coach without clients. I was getting on Zoom calls all the time. I was serving, I was creating content, I was meeting people, and I reaffirmed my identity as a coach to myself, which in turn allowed me to facilitate coaching conversations where people saw me as the coach and wanted to pay me. That internal experience of not having clients, and I made the shift into I'm here until it works, I still attribute a lot of my current success to that mindset shift. And I think a lot of people don't really know what that means because they want the validation They want the evidence that it's working so that they can have that mindset, right? They want, it's backwards. They want the clients and the money and the likes and the shares and the feedback as evidence that it's working when it's backwards. You have to give that to yourself first, right? We have to feel like I'm here no matter what, I'm here to serve. And so I made this little graphic that was like, here until it works, you try something, you fail, you learn, you improve, you succeed, and that's how you create infinite possibilities. But if you have the mentality, it's similar, but very different. Let's see if it works, right? Almost like a challenging mindset. Like, I don't know if it's going to work, but let's see if it does. You're going to try something, you're going to fail, and then it's going to validate the fear that it doesn't work, and then you're going to quit. And I see this happen, sadly, a lot, but also 
that's okay, right? Some people aren't going to resonate with the coaching industry and they're, they're going to learn that maybe what being a coach isn't for them. Maybe they want to be a teacher. Maybe they want to have a course. Um, and that's okay too. I'm speaking to the people who want one-on-one clients. And what's interesting is that the path isn't linear. We really want it to be linear. We really want to download the formula for signing clients. In fact, I used like, I cringe now because I used to like sell those types of products where it's like, these are the five steps to sign a client. And now I teach more frameworks because it's not linear and it's more of an art form than a formula. And so I like, I laugh at myself because I used to try to teach this because I think it's, it's honestly marketing sexy, right? To say, here's how to sign your next client in five steps versus like a framework of thinking. And that's the framework that I taught a few episodes back called NSICL, you know, need nothing, serve, invite, create, lead. And that's really what I live by day in, day out to create my one-on-one clients. But it's not something that like you do in order. It goes in and out. Um, I'm always doing all five of those things, right? It's not step one, step two. It's like a frame of mind. And so I think it's meant to be hard. I think it's meant to not be a formula because you're supposed to find your own way of creating clients so that it's sustainable for you. And what's interesting is when we avoid the failure, when we avoid trying things out of our comfort zone or trying things, you know, based on your own mind instead of something that you heard from your coach or from, you know, a teacher, like you're going to fail. But what's interesting about those failings is you're going to learn exactly what you want, what you don't want, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And so I don't think my job as a coach, like for some of my clients is like, I don't want to protect them from failing. I want them to fail so they can get the wisdom. And that's really hard to watch sometimes. And honestly, it's hard to go through, but those are the exact experiences that will allow you to create the success you say you want. So what's interesting is that this leads to internal shift number two, because when we're failing, when we're not doing well, it's easy to get really sucked into like this. It's all about me. I'm, I'm a failure. And what's interesting is the thing that I attribute a lot of my other success to is the internal shift number two, which is, it's not about me. I got into coaching because I wanted to help. I could do anything to make money. I could be a real estate investor. I could get into cryptocurrency. I could have a job. I could sell books. I could sell vacuums. <laughs> I don't know. I could be a part of an MLM, but I chose to be a one-on-one coach. And because I, I want to serve, I want, I want my career to be very meaningful. It matters to me. And so the more I made it about me, the less I remembered my mission for even being a coming a coach in the first place. So the more I could make it not about me, I'm able to tap into service and my my quote job as a coach got so much easier. I was just focused on serving. My content is for other people to learn from my mistakes. My content is to help people think differently about their life and their problems, help think differently about opportunities and creation, right? And so one of the things that I know for my favorite coaches, the ones I respect and admire, they're here to serve. And you probably resonate with that because why would you want to be a coach? I mean, some people want to be a coach because of, I guess, the option to get rich, I guess, (laughs) but like, it's like a lucrative career or whatever. But for the most part, I talk to coaches who want to help people and, and make money too, for sure. But like they're the reason that they chose coaching and not some other vehicle for wealth is they're interested in transformation. They want other people to transform their lives. And when you make that conscious, it feels better to stick in, stick in through the thick and thin of things when you're failing, when it's not working when you're in your like internship as a coach, right? Like when things you're like, 
getting caught, you know, the equivalent of like going to a corporate career and getting coffee and people treat you like crap. Like coaches have that version too, right? Where we're like coaching for free and things aren't working. And you're like, why am I doing this? Like that's the internship phase and everyone should go through it because of what you learn. Because when you remember, this isn't about me, this is about service. You can get right back into the right feeling. And honestly, like the heart of what we do as coaches. The next thing I'm going to talk about are the external actions. And this is what I think people put into books and things like that. But without those internal shifts of this isn't about me and I'm here until this works, the external actions fall short. And so I, that's why I started with the internal shifts. The external action is that I say, stop creating a funnel for one-on-one coaching or for one-on-one clients and do this instead. Like even the words that we use in a funnel, like leads, filling your funnel, cold traffic, conversions, potential clients, it feels so cold. And one-on-one coaching is one of the warmest types of offers there are, right? We have to have a relationship with our one-on-one clients because of how intimate and in-depth and personal it is. It doesn't work to think of it like a funnel. And so to me, it doesn't resonate to be like, I'm going to fill my, you know, fill my funnel with potential clients. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to go talk to my friends. I'm going to go talk to my colleagues. I'm going to go talk to my coworkers. I'm going to go talk to an old boss. I'm going to talk to my friend. I'm going to talk to someone who's followed me for two years. Right? I'm going to like talk to real people and it's warm. It's, it's genuine. It's not structured. It's not formulated. It's just two people talking and that's all one-on-one coaching is anyway. And so like, how do I get clients like that? I do. I basically do the same thing, right? I actually found myself saying something that I heard Rich Litvin say, He's like, if you looked at my calendar, you wouldn't necessarily know if I was coaching a paying client or coaching a potential client. And he's like, that's very intentional. It's because I want to give people the experience of coaching. And I learned most of what I, you know, as you guys know, if you've listened to me for a while, is I like live and breathe by the prosperous coach approach. And so I feel the same. Like you might not know who I'm talking to if you just listened on a Zoom chat or like even on a phone call, like was that a client? No. <laughs> but maybe it was <laughs> because I'm serving, I'm coaching, I'm giving, and I'm not selling, even if they're interested in coaching with me. I don't sell. And so this brings me to like the one-on-one coaching business rules and read that like with a grain of salt, right? Like not rules, they're not actually rules, but something to think through. Number one is to stop needing something from your business. Instead of looking for what you can get, ask what you can give. Um, Rich Litvin says needy is creepy. And I tend to agree. Think about how you experience people who are needy, right? Needy from you. It doesn't feel good. So we don't want to put that pressure of neediness on our clients. They can feel it. They won't hire you because of it. Um, Create what you want within first, right? Validation, power, praise, popularity. Those things have to happen. Those needs need to be be met within you, not from your business. It feels awful to try to get validated from potential clients. Give that validation to yourself. Tell yourself that you are worthy. Do the inner work so that you don't need people to give you the praise. It's a very thankless job sometimes, right? Where you're like creating content day in, day out. You're showing up day in, day out, and no one's hiring you. And if you need people to hire you to feel like you're doing a good job, it's gonna you're on the fast track to burning out. And so what I offer here is like, can you give yourself a validation? Can you feel so fulfilled within yourself that you have a relationship with yourself? You're okay being alone. Maybe it's like spending time alone and working through whatever is going on inside, getting your own coaching, right? 
um, to be at peace within so that you don't need things from the outside to make you feel better. That, that was huge for me is to stop needing something validation, like help, like, or a power praise, all those things. The next step is to be of service. And you're going to notice this is like the NSICL framework that I already taught. Um, I'm just going into more depth on this episode. Be of service. Even if they can't pay you, even if they said they'd never hire you, even if they aren't an ideal client, even if it's not business related, be of service. It's so interesting. So I just talked to someone who was like, I have an old friend who wants to just have a Zoom chat because she saw me on social media. And I was like, you should talk to her. And she's like, I don't know if she can hire me or I don't know if she's going to hire me. I'm like, that's okay. Because to me, I, I'm always talking to people and trying to help and just be of service because you just don't know where your next client is going to come from. And it also feels really good to serve when you don't need something from someone. You can just be of service. The next one, which is what a lot of people struggle with, is to make powerful invitations when the time is right. And this is an art, right? This isn't a science. This is something you get better at with time. And you're going to develop your own way of doing things. Um, but you're not like asking people to marry you, <laughs> right? You're just inviting them to a coaching call or a chat or a consultation or a discovery call, whatever you're going to call it. Um, make it a coaching experience. That's what you're inviting them to, especially for one-on-one clients. So maybe you're talking to an old coworker and they're like, I see that you're doing coaching. Like, can you tell me more about that? And, yeah. What do you want to know? You know, oh, well, I'm, I'm thinking about hiring a coach. And I just don't want to know more about what you do. Oh, that's great. Well, the best way I could help you is actually having a coaching call. Would you be up for scheduling that sometime? That's how it sounds to make an invitation to a coaching experience where it's designated for coaching. Those invitations are natural. Sometimes we do it on social media, right? Like I've done this before where I posted a link for people to book a call with me. And if they booked it, like I would give them a coaching experience. And that works. But for the most part, my one-on-one clients have been created based on a conversation I was having them with them like normal life, either at an event, at a retreat, in my DMs. We're just talking. And then there's a part of the conversation that lends itself to me making an invitation for a, an official coaching experience. That's when we have to invite. And then the next part is that you create the experience where people get coached. This is, makes me a little bit different than some people in our industry. I don't sell on my consult. I just coach right? Steve Chandler says, sell the experience, not the concept. (laughs) And I really like that. And then the thing that I like to teach my clients is don't close the sale, open the relationship. I've had consults where I didn't even bring up my offers. Literally. I did not even bring it up. We had like, it was technically a consult. They wanted to talk about coaching. I coached them and it just didn't feel right to make an offer to them. And so we got off the call and sometimes they come back and ask how we can work together. And sometimes they don't. And I think that's the difference between closing the sale and opening the relationship is you're not attached to a single person saying yes, you're just trying to serve. And then we go into number five, which is lead them in their decision to work with you or not. Don't back away from talking about money. Don't back away from hard conversations. And this doesn't mean you have to be hardcore. It just means you need to lead with love. And, and I use the word detached in that, like, it's not that you don't care about the person. It's that you're not attached to them specifically becoming your client because you don't need something, right? The other thing that you want to be doing is looking for the signals that they want to hire you. This happens a lot where people are like, oh, I think I would love to work with a life coach. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, everyone needs a life coach. No, <laughs> you missed the opportunity to be like, oh yeah, what would you talk to the coach about? Like go right into the heart of the conversation with people. It's okay if it makes you a little uncomfortable, 
Most people aren't willing to have uncomfortable conversations, but we are because we're coaches. Okay. Um, for me, these rules, this NSICL framework is what I'm always doing, right? It's not like I do one a day. It's like, I'm always needing, I'm always doing the inner work. So I don't need anything. I'm always serving. I'm always inviting. I'm always creating and I'm always leading. It's not something you do singularly. It's something that you do over a period of time, miss and match every day, right? Like some days I'm having consults, some days I'm creating content, some days I'm having conversations, some days I'm doing my own inner work, cleaning up my thinking, and all of them work together in tandem to create clients. Now we get are getting into external action number two, which is create value that they remember. And content is a part of this for sure, but it is not everything. And not all value is created equal, not all value is equal to content creation. <laughs> in fact, I've never signed a one-on-one client because someone, you know, listened to my podcast or read a single post on Instagram and they're like, hey, that post made me want to hire you. That piece of content like really made me want to hire you. It's always because of a relationship and content helps me build that relationship. But truly it's like the trust, the usefulness, the possibility, the conversations, that I facilitate over time that create the relationship. And it's, it reminds me of that quote, that like people will forget what you said, but people will never forget how you made them feel. It's not the one single piece of content, right? It's the relationship that they build with you over time. And um, I really love what Mark Butler says. He has a great podcast about this whole topic in very strong detail. Um, it's called The Beautiful Business. I highly recommend you go check it out. He says content is a safe place or a soft place to land. It's, it's part of the relationship, but it's not everything. And I think where people get stuck, where people get frustrated is that their content, people, coaches specifically make content everything. And I think that's why people struggle. Does it work for some people? Yes. But especially the kind of coaching that I do, like I, for my one-on-one clients, like I am the kind of coach, like you spend six months or a year with me and you're not, you're not the same, right? Like I, we go deep. Um, I don't offer like a specific outcome. I'm just your coach. We talk about business. We talk about relationships. We talk about spirituality. We talk about money. We talk about your kids. (laughs) We talk about your body. We talk about your business, your clients, like everything, everything is on the table because I feel like I'm just the coach. I'm a life and business coach. And so my clients, we go deep, right? I, I, how do I say that in a piece of content? I don't, I say that in a conversation. And so I look at value as very complex and layered. Um, in fact, I created this uh, visual, like I said, go read the, go read the written version of this if you haven't yet. But I talk about value being emotional intelligence, conversations, new perspectives, safety, personal connection, relevance, usefulness, and content. (laughs) I feel like those are the pieces of value. And there's probably so many more things I could say about value. Those are the big ones for me is that they want to get my personal attention, right? Very few people get a full hour of me only focused on their mind and their life and their success. They get the full hour of me totally focused on their life. That's super valuable. How do I like, how can you even compare a piece of content to that? And so what I like to think of, think about is that content is facilitating conversations that they're having with me in their own head, <laughs> right? Over time, 
they're talking with me. You guys are probably feeling like you have a conversation with me right now. I'm on a walk with you. I'm on a drive with you, whatever. We have a relationship. And I get that because that's how I felt about my coaches before I hired them. When I listened to their content before I hired them, it's like, I know you. (laughs) Um, And so one of the questions that I get sometimes is like, well, should I prioritize, you know, making reels and creating content or should I like really spend time in the DMs? And my answer is always the DMs is more important, but do both (laughs) because it's not that we don't create content. I think it's just make sure you keep it in the context of content supports and facilitates a relationship, but it is not everything to a relationship, right? I've never signed a client without having a conversation before. Um, Even if it's just a DM conversation, right? Something where we're talking back and forth. Usually it's an extended period of time. I've had clients hire me after years of knowing me. And that's a beautiful thing because I'm playing the long game, right? I'm here until it works. And that's for me, I think in terms of decades, not days. And so I'm always having conversations. I'm serving, I'm sending books, I'm sharing podcasts. Some of you guys are listening to this and you're like, yeah, you've done that for me. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) when are we going to work together? (laughs) I'm just kidding, kind of. (laughs) Um, But I do, like, I just am always serving because I know how the game works. And also it just feels good to be serving people in my relationships, whether or not they're paying me. And so for me, it's like my family, my coworkers, my old boss, Um, old clients, current clients, friends, colleagues, people who I would consider like a colleague, like we're working together, like I'm serving them too. Because when value goes out, value comes back. And I'm not trying to dictate where the value, where I send my value, right? So I'm like talking to my mom on the phone and calling my grandma and calling an old client and seeing how they're doing, talking to my friend about her business and how it's going, being in Voxer with my private clients. It's just like, what can I give? I have so much to give. What can I give? And what's interesting is the byproduct of that is always paying clients because value goes out, value comes back, but you have to play the game long enough. And that's where I think we talked about in the beginning, you have to stay in it until it works. So this is the game of one-on-one coaching is doing the internal work so you need nothing. So you can stay in the game long enough to see success. And to be creating relationships, making invitations, creating value in the world, so much so that people come back and want to hire you. Only a small percentage, a small ratio of the people in your life want to hire you one-on-one. You don't need that many clients to have a successful coaching business. And that's what's great. In fact, one of the people that I heard of early on in my coaching career, and I've talked about him before, his name is Steve Hardison, and his... a book was written about him called The Ultimate Coach. It's not written by him, but it's written about him. He charges like 200K a year to work with him one-on-one. But the man serves all day long, right? He's serving random people on the street. He's serving people on Facebook. He's serving old clients. He's serving his friends at church. He's serving his neighbor. He's serving people who love him on on his Instagram. Like he's just serving and That's what's great about charging, in my opinion, like charging more higher fees is it frees you up to just serve. Rich Livin has this quote that I think is really interesting. I don't know what I think about it, but I'm just going to share it to kind of get your own wheels turning, which is there's only two ways to work with me, either for free or a lot of money. And I think that's a really interesting approach, especially for one-on-one coaching. When we charge enough money that our needs are taken care of, we can serve. We have the space to think How can I create more value? How can I serve this person? How can I create an epic post that's going to help more people than my single session? Um, 
And so that's what's interesting to me is like playing that game, balancing, helping more people while still going deep with my private clients. And so for me, you know, this game is about doing the inner work, leveling up your skills, and then inviting people. And leveling up your skills is like your coaching skills, your marketing skills, your content creating skills. Um, And then doing the inner work is more about like you, what you think about yourself, what you think about the world, your level of consciousness. And then invitations is like the the selling, the enrolling clients. If you do those three things, I feel like you are going to be a masterful, successful coach. These are the things that I love to talk about, all three of them, leveling up your skills, the inner work, and then marketing and sales. I feel like these three things go hand in hand. It's what we do in the matrix. It's honestly, I think what everyone, every entrepreneur, whether you have one-on-one clients or not, this is what we do, right? We develop ourselves, we grow our skills, and we learn the art of, and, and game, the science <laughs> of business. And we do that over an extended period of time, and that's what creates the results. I wanted to mention some resources for you. Um, obviously, The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. How to Get Clients by Steve Chandler is a really good one. And then I mentioned the Beautiful Business Podcast by Mark Butler. All those resources are amazing if you're a one-on-one coach. And so I want to send you to just develop, if you if this is what you want, right? Not everyone wants one-on-one clients. Some people want to be like a CEO or a teacher or a group coach like facilitator. Those are different in my opinion. And I think for this conversation, the one-on-one, the business of one-on-one is so special and so unique that it needs a different conversation. And so I hope it was helpful to you. I hope you're here until it works. I hope you make it not about you. It's like such a gift that you get to coach people and help them transform their life to create the life that they want. And that we can be a part of that is just a miracle. And when we remember that, you know, my saying, be in the miracle, it's okay that it's slower than normal. It's okay that you don't make a bajillion dollars in a week. It's okay if it feels like no one knows about what you do. It matters to you and it's meaningful to your clients. And I think what's better than that? That's why I love it. So I hope this is helpful to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a a conscious coach listener. If this resonated with you, share it with a coach friend. That would be awesome. And it helps the podcast a lot. And I would really appreciate it. Okay. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hey, if you love this podcast, I know you'd love The Matrix, where I coach, teach, and mentor entrepreneurs like you about what I call the art of entrepreneurship. It really is the year of miracles, where we combine business strategy with doing the inner work, where you take your business to the next level. Check it out and join the waitlist at itsambersmith.com forward slash matrix.